You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Spotlight on eWomen, the place for everything eWomen Network. Entrepreneur, enterprising, enlightening, and exciting. Please welcome your eWoman host, Phyllis Smith. Hello and welcome to Spotlight on eWomen Network. I'm Phyllis Smith. So no matter how you slice it, divorce stinks. I mean, it's tough. Some are tougher than others, of course. Um, there's custody battles and finances and property, just to name a few things. And those things are the tangible things. Then there's this kind of intangible where, you know, you're losing a partner. No matter how dysfunctional your marriage might have been, you're still using, losing a partner, somebody that you've spent a part of your life with, in some cases, a huge part of your life with. So my guest today makes a living supporting people going through divorce, and um, she walks them through the process, and she's one of only 2,000 certified divorce financial analysts. I mean, she ranks above your attorney in terms of helping you with financial uh, ed- advice um, around your divorce, and she too uh, she's been through a divorce, but she the, the divorce that she uh, had experienced um, was brutal, absolutely brutal. So she really comes from a place of knowing um, and experience and, uh, and, uh, and is there to walk you through not just the finances, but also through the you know court processes and just all kinds of different things. So we're going to learn more about that later. But for the moment, I want to please welcome... Uh, Kathy Costas. She's one of our eWomen, our esteemed eWomen Network members. Kathy, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Phyllis. Thank you for having me on. So um, you consider yourself um, a survivor because of what you've been through in your divorce. So walk us through that. You were, you were married, you decided to get a divorce, and then when you chose to leave the marriage, it was like something snapped in your husband. So tell us about that story. My story begins really uh, when I woke up on my kitchen floor. Um, My now ex-husband had choked me um, until I passed out. And I woke up, I couldn't move my arms or my legs, and and my head was kind of tilted to the side, and I I could just see my daughter's feet uh, standing there in the kitchen. She was 13 at the time. I had a uh, 13-year-old daughter, 11-year-old son, and an 8-year-old daughter. And it was really, talk about a wake-up call, it was that moment that I knew we were really in danger, that this man could very well kill me uh, and them as well. And and to back up a little bit, this was a 20-year marriage. We met when we were 19 in college. There was never violence before this. Um, he was, you know, yeller and a screamer, um, but never physically violent with me. It was, as you said, when I said, look, this is it, I'm done, I'm out, um, that this rage just came up. Uh, so I was shocked. I was terrified. I was surprised. Everything uh, to that. And I quickly realized, again, look, uh, I've seen this rage and, and, and it's, it's going to be deadly. So at that point, I really started to kind of get my ducks in a row because what most people don't understand is when something like this happens, if it's a first offense, generally speaking, if the police come, that person's coming back to your house that evening, maybe the next morning. So when you're in a situation like this, it's really so important to make 
plans, have money, have resources, your kids' birth certificates and social security cards. Uh, I have a son who has a lung disease called cystic fibrosis, so I needed to make sure I had all 15 of his medications stashed somewhere. Um, so there is planning that goes into it. Now, obviously, if it's, you know, if you're in danger of, of being severely hurt, you need to call the police, but you need to make some plans ideally before that happens. So, so um, let me ask you, Kathy, so you didn't leave after that experience, you, you, you waited and got your plans together before you actually left him so that you knew that you'd be gone and he wouldn't be coming back. So it, it wasn't a long amount of time. It was a matter of days. Um, but at that point, the other thing he would do would take my car keys. He'd take my cell phone. He'd park his car behind my car in the garage or in the driveway. So he literally would trap me there. So there was no walking out. I didn't want to leave my children and walk out. Um, and yet I knew a first offense, if I called the police, he would be back. So that was my spring to action plan um, in that moment. And just, as I said, to do all those things from get money to get a credit card in my name to get things out of my household so that uh, when it was time to go and I had that opportunity that we would be ready. Um, and, and you know, in, in this situation, you feel trapped, but there's also that fear of, I don't know where my next foot's going to go. If I leave this situation, yes, this is a terrible situation. I need to get out, but I don't know where I need to land. So you start making those plans and figuring those things out as best you can. Um, and that's part of what gives you the courage, I think, also um, to, to get out. Uh, to make that big leap and, and take that big step. And, and so this then led you on a trajectory to a new career, right? What, what were you doing before then? And, and then what did you do after this happened? How did this, how did this change your life besides getting a divorce? Right. Well, in my first life, I was a commercial banker um, in New York City on Wall Street. And I had stopped that and was home with my kids for six or seven years which was a wonderful thing. Um, and at this point, I had started to work uh, my way back into the workforce, but I was doing a part-time job. I was doing books for a, a, a computer company, basically. So at that point, um, once thing we got out and things were starting to stabilize, I, I knew that I wanted to go back into the financial services arena. That was where my passion was. And then relatively soon after that, I found this specialty of of the CDFA and I started to research it and find out how I could go there how I could get that position um, and it's a it's four different exams and a final exam it's a whole course of study about divorce well wow, I didn't realize actually that there was you know specifically this kind of financial uh, anal you know analysts and advice that this that is specific to, why is there such a certification that's specific to divorce? 
Well, it's very complicated. Um, obviously, any divorce is complicated. And what the what this the, the certification does is it it's a deep dive into tax implications of different income streams. It talks about dividing up assets. It talks about characterization of property, um, different support, uh, child support, spousal support, how it's determined. Um, all down, even through getting life insurance to secure a support order, all these different aspects of divorce. And if you think about it, divorce is really money and kids, essentially, right? So if you don't have kids, it's just money. But your attorney goes to law school. They don't have an MBA, generally speaking. They, they are not financial planners. And even if you have a forensic accountant, as I say, they will add up how many beans are in, in the jars, but they don't tell you which jar you want. So it's, it's kind of an amazing that this is not a bigger profession and that it's not um, more common in divorces because it seems so uh, just common sense in a way. Um, but when I went through my own divorce, I had a financial background and and, and I knew that I was not getting that planning advice of what did, what asset do I really want and so forth from my attorney. That's not their role. They're there to tell you what you're entitled to legally, um, but they're not doing planning for you. That Their job is to keep their eye on the legal ball. And that's a really big thing. I mean, when you think a financial planner also can put you into things, investments and things like that, that they're also you know, earning percentage, they're earning some commission on and things like that. Does, is that something that you do as well? Um, or is it really to help people navigate, get out of the chaos and say, you know, here is, you know, this is a good move. And do you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, so t- tell me the difference there. So my, I have two parts to my business, and it's two very different relationships I have with my clients. During their divorce process, if they hire me as a CDFA, I am paid hourly for my time. Uh, I don't charge for emails. I don't charge for phone calls. Um, I can, as I say, hop in and out of their divorce when they need me. And, and I set up my practice so that it is not cost prohibitive because deep down I feel whether you have just you know $50,000 an IRA and maybe a house or not, or you have millions of dollars, I think this information should be available to everyone. Um, If then someone has money to invest, then it's a whole separate relationship then and and we go down that road later later on. And and it's often years a divorce will take. So I don't ever want there to be a conflict of interest, which some, as you say, financial planners or financial advisors will say they can help you, but they're not charging you hourly. So they're really doing it based on the idea that, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'll have assets to manage and then I can charge there. Whereas I take many cases, I met with a lady this morning, she will not, she does not have investment assets, um, but she's going to use me hourly to make sure that what she does have, we can kind of maximize and optimize what what it is uh, she ends up using. So um, I, again, that business model is on purpose to take out a sort of conflict of interest you also uh, help provide professional resources like even, you know, therapists, um, uh, you deal with medical insurance, I mean, mediators. So you also sound like you're more of a just a holistic kind of support system for uh, people going through the divorce. Absolutely. This takes over every nook and cranny of your life. It just does. And having gone through it, I, I understand 
the anxiety, the fear, the panic, the lack of trust, if your trust has been broken through this process. You know, I always say, I thought that was a chair over there, but now I'm not so sure because I also thought my marriage was this and it's not. So it just leaves you in, in, in this terrible condition. So my goal is to, through the professional groups that I run, create resources for my clients, people that I feel good about it, that I, that I trust, that I know they understand where my clients are, maybe emotionally they're not maybe at their best at this point um, so I build that uh, those resources so that my clients have people to go to that I feel comfortable with um, it's also frankly education for me because I'm not a therapist I'm not an attorney and I'm not going to give you legal advice uh, or mortgage advice but I want to know enough to know what questions to ask and I want to know enough so that when there are issues that come up I can be a good a good support what is the biggest mistake that you might you would say come most people make when they are getting a divorce on from your expertise in the financial aspect of it you know, I, I say going through a divorce is like being pregnant. Everybody has an opinion and they feel they have to give it to you. Uh, so I think so, a lot of what I run into is people who listen to friends and family when they should actually be listening to an expert. Uh, use your friends and family for love and support. You're going to need them. But a lot of times I will meet with someone, well, I'm using this attorney because aunt so-and-so or my cousin or my whatever suggested I go, I, I need to get a bulldog and I need to go after him and things like this, or, or I deserve this, or he's going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And, and again, that's giving, been given lovingly and so forth, but it's not necessarily appropriate to your case. So I always say, find your Build your team of experts first. That's a legal person. It can be a mediator. Mediation is a great opportunity to preserve some sort of uh, civility in a relationship. Um, but whatever it might be, listen to your experts for advice pertaining to the specifics of your case. Uh, otherwise, you can go down some roads that just waste money and time and can actually make a situation worse. Um, because as soon as you say the word lawyer and as soon as you file papers, it just automatically raises the stakes and puts people on, on, the, on the defensive. And that's not not always necessarily what you need to do. Do you recommend that people first, like you earlier, earlier you were talking about planning. Do you re recommend that before someone even files a divorce that they would meet with someone like you um, and get a team together before they even do that so that they're ready to go? Absolutely. If you have some lead time, if it's something you're contemplating, I meet clients all the time who will say to me, uh, I think this might be what I want to do, but I want to know what it's going to look like. And so I can sort of model out for them. Again, bringing in my experience of spending six years in a courtroom, understanding how these things actually really go from a legal point of view, what's enforceable in family law. Uh, family court is a court of equity. It's not a court of law. So there are different ways to actually enforce or lack of ways to enforce judgments even. So knowing the practicalities of divorce, I can give someone sort of a roadmap and, you know, give them a heads up of, look, this is what 
is likely to be difficult or it could go this way. Um, and I think that initial consultation, I always recommend it. And I always recommend getting more than one legal opinion on what you should do and how you should do it. Because attorneys have their own personalities and their own processes. And you really want to match that attorney to your own uh, way of doing things and the way you'd like this to go, as well as if, he, if your spouse has already hired their own legal representation. Um, that's another factor to consider. Uh, and so I think doing some initial planning is always, as with any decision, whatever it might be, if you have the ability and the time to do that, it's, it's always a good idea. We have to take a short break. Kathy Costas, uh, take a moment. Uh, This is really important stuff. It's great stuff. It's not always the most fun to talk about, but uh, even just talking with you, you, there's a sense of of control and calm at a time when things could be really chaotic and emotional emotional and very scary. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Welcome back to Spotlight on eWomen. Here's your host, Phyllis Smith. Welcome back to Spotlight on eWomen Network. I'm Phyllis Smith. I'm speaking with Kathy Costas. And she is, when I have to look at my notes here, she is, she is a certified financial, divorce financial analyst, one of only 2,000 uh, that exist. And basically, she has more clout than your attorney to help you with financial advice. Um, and so we've been talking about, about divorce and the importance of planning uh, for that divorce and gathering a team together. And Kathy helps you do that. She helps pull together your your attorney and a mediator or, or a mediator. And uh, she'll in medical insurance and um, a therapist even because it's a really tough time uh, to get divorced. I don't care how dysfunctional or how happy you are to get a divorce. And even, Kathy, let me ask you this. Even if it's amicable, it, yeah, I mean, you you know, there is that as well. I mean, if it's amicable, there's there's that's important as well. Do you work often with both sides, or is it usually just one? Actually, I do. I do work with both sides, and the good thing about that is, uh, when it is amicable, we can. I, I call it the divorce menu. So you you lay out all of your assets, all of your liabilities. What are your income streams? Um, are you close to retirement? Are do you have kids to put through college soon? We lay all of that out, and together we can decide what is the best for each party in order to create some financial stability for both of them, because. Ultimately, we want two households that are stable. Uh, you know, there is the myth of, of the divorce lifestyle and, and you should have the, the same lifestyle. Well, the reality is now you have two households and probably the same income stream. So just doing the simple math on that, there's going to be some compromises. But when you can work together, for example, setting aside money for college or determining who's going to take a, a one asset over another because maybe 
income stream is more important to one party than the other, or a retirement account is worth more to one party than the other. So those couples that are working together, it, it's a, a great scenario, honestly, because we, we can work with that. And, and as I say, rather than cut the baby in half, which in California is, you know, everything's virtual, almost everything is community property, you're entitled to half, but maybe one thing is more valuable to the, to you than another. And, and we can create two stable households going forward, which is so important. Yeah. You know, because of what you've been through and the abuse that you suffered and it, it, on that, on that day, and then shortly after, before you actually left, it sounded like it was just terror over the course of three days um, and fear of what could happen next. Um, you really, you've walked the walk, you've walked the talk. And, um, and so how, when you're dealing with people who are going through divorce, how does that experience that you've been to, been through play into uh, the divorce process and how you counsel people? I think a couple ways, honestly. In in one way, um, just as I do with my other investment planning people, I'm looking for the risk. I'm looking for the downside. I'm looking for the worst case scenario. So I'm, I always tell anyone I work with to write your story, write what's going on in your marriage. And especially the folks who come to me who are maybe on the fence of whether or not they want a divorce, or maybe they're afraid because of the money. And I say, look, write what's going on in the world. Um, it serves a couple of purposes. One, you're going to convince yourself maybe that it's getting better or you're being told it's all you. And if you're writing down what's actually happening in your household conversations or things going on, you go back and you look at that story and it's a bit of a reality check. Um, it's also, frankly, how I got a lifetime restraining order. I had kept a history of things that were said, things that happened, things that were going on, showing the progression and the escalation of what was happening in my life. And because I had that, frankly, that's how a judge said, you know, a lifetime order. So I tell folks, my clients, look, keep track, write your story. If nothing else, go back, look at it, read it and say, if that was your friend, what would you tell your friend to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that is, that is just a, a good reality check for folks to say, wow, I, I do need to do, this is not healthy. This is not a good place for me and, and or my children. So I think that's in the back of my mind. I'm also watching for behaviors and changes in a spouse. A lot of times things are amicable until someone sees a retirement account cut in half or has to start writing support checks. That can change things. And as I saw things in my life change relatively out of the blue, in the back of my mind, I'm just paying attention and I'm always kind of doing things in preparation. And writing that story is a great exercise, uh, just on the just in case, I guess is the best way to look at it. Mm. Um, you say, also, also, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I also understand where people are. I understand what anxiety is like. I understand fear and understand the feeling of being trapped. And that I think is one of the worst is in, in the human condition is feeling there's no way out. And you can be trapped in, in any economic situation. It doesn't matter. So I think I, I know that feeling and hopefully I'm a little bit of that light at the end of the tunnel. Kind of where can we go? What's our What are the steps? Where can we maybe put our next foot? And, and find that way out. And I find that gives people a lot of strength and courage, ultimately. What, I imagine that there's plenty, there's 
you know, we always hear stories, people staying married because of mm-hmm. children, but what about staying married because of the finances? Like they worry if they were to get divorced, that, that they would not be able to support themselves and their children. I mean, what would you say to people like that? Uh, I, that happens all the time. I, I did a talk once called Money and the Ties That Bind. Um, I do find a lot of it is narrative from the other spouse and may or may not be based in reality. So when I meet with clients, we map that out and we say, okay, if we take half of this, uh, what might this look like? What would a support order likely be if this is the non-working spouse? What could they expect to receive? And also I work with the job coach. So what might be your skills and your background? You know, I, 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 it's interesting, women who've stayed home with their children, which again, I have for a number of years, they come, oh, I haven't worked, there's nothing I can do. And I say to them, oh my goodness, if you've managed a household and dealt with three children, there's a lot you can do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, the job coaching to get an mm-hmm. idea of what might I be able to make. Um, I, I generally find the unknown is more frightening than the known. And once we sit down and we work through things, now maybe it may not, you may not be able to shop like you used to, or maybe there's a change in lifestyle, but by putting some real numbers to it and, and setting out some plans, um, often it's not as scary as they thought it might be. Yeah, for something that's so emotional, it seems to me that you take, you take the emotion out of it and you, you make it something that's very tangible and uh, something easier to deal with. Um, you also say that a divorce is, not, uh, is a marathon and not a sprint. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, it's, it's, we think we can do it in six months, maybe, um, but rarely does that happen. There are almost always things that occur, occur along the way, and it could be even you start out on a path together and someone gets in the spouse's ear and tells that person, you deserve this and you should do that, and now, now you're down another road. So it does often, I would say 99% of the time, take longer than you would imagine. And you need to kind of pace yourself because it's draining. It's emotionally draining. It's like another full-time job. Um, and, and you need to prepare. And that's why I say have your friends and family for love and support. You're going to need them. But rely on your experts for that expert advice. Um, I, I, I also tell my clients when they're sort of at the end of their rope, I, I'll say to them, look, let me be your little energizer back battery for a little while. Um, I'm not emotionally invested in this and while you just feel like you're going to give up because you just can't fight any longer, take a break, take a breath and and let me carry the ball for a little while uh, until you've until you're back at it, um, because it, it is it is a long journey, almost no matter how it's done. What would you say? uh I mean, let, let's, if you could go back to your own life, I mean, given the work you're doing now and, and what you're doing to help others work through a very difficult, uh, monumental, stressful, uh, often awful time of their life, you are able to do that because of what you went through. If you could go back in time, do you see that almost like as, as uh, it was a pivotal time for you for what you did and the abuse you went through, had you not been through that, those, those, uh, those days um, and that, uh, and almost dying and uh, would you go back? I mean, 
if you were to go back, do you almost feel a sense of, in a way, a gratitude in a weird way that it took you to where you are now? Because you had to go to an extreme. I mean, had you just gotten divorced, this probably wouldn't be your path. Oh, it, absolutely. It's funny the way you said that because I, I've, I have said I don't thank my ex-husband for what happened, but in a sense, it has given me, it's given me my path in life. It's given me my, my passion in life. Absolutely. Uh, the work I do is the most rewarding uh, you can imagine. It, it, it's, it's draining and it's tiring and all of that, but there's nothing more rewarding than watching uh, a woman come through something as a survivor. And, and you know, I, I never say victim, it's survivor. That gives you your strength back. And the amazing things I see women go on to accomplish, starting businesses many times um, or going back to a job, whatever it might be, when I see them get themselves back, and that's really what happens in this process. Um, it's, it's, it's just the most amazing thing in the world. And, and I just feel so privileged, frankly, and honored that I get to be a part of the journey when, when these women are going through these things um, because they, they, they turn into amazing human beings. Um, so again, I don't thank my ex, but absolutely, it was going through what I did that really set me on this path um, to to help as many folks as I possibly can. I, I, I always said sitting in that courtroom for six years and going through all that stuff, there had to be something positive. I just believed in my heart that there was something positive that could come out of that. And thankfully, I've been able to really find that and, and work in that and, and be able to, as I said, be a part of some of these women's, their journeys are, are incredible. Um, and they come from all sorts of different uh, scenarios that are, are equally horrible, um, but they go on to, to be amazing, strong women. And you also say it's important during the divorce process that, that they should uh, take care of themselves. That's very hard because it's really hard when you're feeling emotionally distressed. You could forget about yourself, you know. Um, how would you, what would just, and we're running out of time, what would be one point of advice for people um, to keep up their self-care? Well, first of all, the emotional. Find a support group, find a therapist, someone who you feel comfortable with, you're in a safe place and you can express your fears, your everything. Um, but your health is so important. Maintain exercise, find a, a healthy outlet for this stress because you're going to, it, it's a marathon, as I said. So you, the, 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 I always say that the definition of winning a divorce is coming out physically, emotionally, and hopefully somewhat financially healthy then you've won because now you're set for the rest of your life. And just like the oxygen, you know, put the oxygen mask over yourself before your kids on an airplane, same sort of idea. Uh, we put the financial oxygen on, but also the rest of it. it it's, you've got to pay attention to your body and what's going on and, and get that help and support. Very good. Kathy, so much. Uh, thank you so much. If people want to reach out to you, how do they do that? How do they find you? Um, my email is uh, Kathy with a K, Kathy at uh, fmbwealth.com. Um, so, yes, absolutely uh, send me an email. I have uh, information. We would love to be helped to, to anyone that needs it. And that's FMB Wealth. What does FMB Wealth stand for? Uh, it's Fields, Miller, and Blindberry. <laughs> it's the so original part of, of my firm. 
Yes, they're the original partners of my firm. We have six advisors. Yeah, they're the original partners. So. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. Appreciate you and all that you do and helping people to ease through a very difficult situation. Um, uh, you know, that's going to be difficult, but you're, it's nice to know that people like you are there to, to support and help help make it make help them make through that process and, and all the, the chaos and stress. Thank you. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network.